You're listening to the Fueled by the Outdoors podcast, presented by Blackgate Hunting Products. If you like what you hear, please be sure to subscribe, tell us what you think in the comment section, and leave us a review. I just hammered a good one. Drop the Asher. Never seen that deer before. It's a tough pill to swallow after having that deer at 18 yards. Welcome to Fueled by the Outdoors. We're your hosts, Rick Cates and Chris Leppert. What's up, guys? And tonight we are joined by Jerry. Custom <laughs> gear modifications. How's it going, Jerry? Good. Man. I'm not good on the cue, so bear with me. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. We we can bore it out in edits. It's all this right. This is only my ninth time on a podcast and TV. I'm just kidding. It's my first podcast. Oh, really? Nice. Seriously? Yeah, we're the man. first ones? Yeah. Oh, my God. Dude, I feel special. Yeah, man. <laughs> His podcast genity is gone. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Jerry, we're real happy to have you because you are, I mean, really, other than I think Jacob Emery and Greg Staggs, you're uh, one of the first people that we've had on here who's going to be at our Mobile Hunters Expo. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. We were there last year and it was awesome. Yeah, we we're we're really we're really pumped about this one. I know we we're all just kind of talking about everything that's uh kind of gone into this one and all the work that Chris and Josh have really gotten together and getting this thing put together, but um it's really gonna run the gambit of of different stuff. But we'll we'll get into some more of that later. Um, I'm just excited to be back. This is the first one. This is the first podcast I've been able to be a part of, I think in like a month or something like that. Currently I'm in quarantine. So (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm locked away in my house. This is like the perfect time to do one of these. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I think I hit nine quarantines through this whole pandemic. I got grandbabies all over the place and it's just been crazy, man. Hmm. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm on the last, the last days of mine. I, uh, uh, I got tested positive for COVID on Saturday and uh, I'm on the, I'm on the downslope. So hopefully, uh, yeah. You just got over it, didn't you? Yeah, I just got over it. I had it uh, two weeks ago oh, um, and it's, it's still been lingering, you know, and I <clears> did all the vaccinations and all that. And yep. I guess all that did was just kept it from killing me. I don't know, but it felt, it felt pretty real and pretty rough for a long time there. Yeah. Really? For, uh, yeah. I was going to say Thursday and Thursday and Friday of last week were like, I, I tried to go, I tried to go to a doctor. Cause I thought like, I thought for sure. Like I had like something wrong with my, like my breathing yeah. ability. Yeah. And you're just getting like, yourself ready for a ventilator, right? Uh, I know yeah. it's coming. Might, <laughs> yeah. might as well go get my ventilator. Hook up. <laughs> it, it, it was, it was not a good feeling, but yeah. um, we're all here now. So um, kind of leading into that, Jerry, can you like kind of give us a little bit about your background, who you are, what you, you know, how you've grown up hunting, like life and all that kind of stuff? Sure. So uh, I kind of grew up as a, as a, as an urban kid. Uh, I grew up in a housing project actually in Norfolk, Virginia. I uh, didn't start hunting until after I met my wife and her father-in-law or my father-in-law, her dad. Uh, he kind of drug me out and got me into it and loved it right off the bat. Uh, I was probably 18, 20 years old. Uh, we ended up joining the military and I was, uh, you know, eating, uh, eating nothing with a, with a family. So money was tight and I kind of looked at hunting as a way to, to augment meat in the freezer. And that's exactly what we did hunting. We were meat hunters, not trophy hunters at the time. 
um, yeah, and that's kind of that's kind of where the hunting started. I've just been loving it ever since. And then Jonathan, my business partner, my son, uh, he he's been hunting his whole life. He killed his first deer, I think, at nine years old with a recurve. Holy um, cow! Yeah, he's a big he's a big. We're, we're both traditional bow hunters. Uh, he ventures into when it's, when the season gets going. He ventures into the rifles, and uh, I'll, I'll I'll break out the muzzle loader when the freezer's full or when, when the freezer's empty. Just kind of fill the freezer, but. I typically hunt with a bow year round. Uh, but yeah, all through my military career, I was in the army for about 13 years and, uh, uh, hunted all the military bases. Awesome resource for hunting, just ridiculous. Um, but it was always been military installations, public land, and, you know, never really had a lot of private other than my wife's, uh, dad's property in Appomattox, Virginia. Uh, yeah. So that's kind of, that's kind of where it happened for us. I like it. So y'all are in the turkeys a little bit, aren't you? Yeah, so I would. I used to really be in the turkey hunting, and then Jonathan got to bug, and man, that kid he limits <laughs> out every year, and he's a he's a he's a, a a ball buster. You know, he goes out there and chases <laughs> these birds down. He's not he's not a sit up on a tree and a decoy guy. He'll crawl through gullies and hills and get up on them and and my and man, really, really get at way. Them, you know? My yeah. man, he, he carries, like carries a pot call and a mouth call. Doesn't carry a decoy. Kid gets out there and gets it. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. I've kind of fallen off over the past few years. I still love it. Uh, and I, I only, I've kind of limited myself to hunt turkey with a recurve as well. Uh, and that's disappointing because you're never going to shoot one. So I keep at it. I keep, <laughs> I keep at it, but sometimes it's hard to get out in the morning thinking I got to get this damn bird within 20 yards. I don't know how I'm going to do Man. that this morning. So uh, I've fallen off a little bit, but still You'd love be it. like me and still use a shotgun and miss. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> 20 yards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's happened it's happened oh man, man. It, so it, it happens we yeah. have much to discuss then because i have recently minorly caught the trad bug and i don't just want to dip my toes in i want to make a bow and go through i want to film everything and go kill some deer with it and probably yeah. other stuff but deer's probably my best bet because what you just said turkeys i mean and i if i go bow hunt turkeys from now on i really don't know that i want to sit in a blind i want to go hunt and run and gun Mm -hmm. and do the turkey thing i don't want to deer hunt for turkeys um i go through that enough as it is sitting and sitting and waiting and waiting i want to run after them like you described so last year i had i had two birds public land birds Within 23 yards, and I cannot, I just can't, I know I'm, I know I'm going to do something wrong, so I don't take the shot, and I, every time now, I'm thinking, damn, I should have brought a dumbass, should have brought a shotgun with me, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's just, that's just the game, you know, but yeah, Jonathan, so Jonathan's a, a shotgunner, uh, but yeah, he gets out there, and uh, he gets after him, I mean, four days a week during turkey season, he's, he's out there getting it. That's awesome. But yeah, man, I've we've I've made bows uh, through my lifetime, and I even did some laminate bows and a lot a lot of oak board bows, red oak board bows from Home Depot. I don't know if you've tried that yet, but no, it's a good start, good starting place. I I watched my first video the other day. I can't even remember the dude's name, but he's a bad mofo. Um, yeah, he he took an old piece of I want to say hickory. Um, he said that hickory you could forcefully dry quicker than like yeah. an Osage 
Um, yeah. Osage, you really had to take your time, I guess. So, yeah. but our buddy uh, and film team member, Bob has uh, a few pieces of Osage that have been drying for years laying around. Yeah. So kind that's of money, man. Light. Oh, a dry Osage stave is, is that's money right there. You can't, uh, and as far as working it after it's dry, chasing the ring, you know, it's actually really easy to work with. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. I've messed around with it and played with it. I really want to do a, uh, I really want to do kind of a, a twisty limb bow, a snake back twisty limb Osage bow. And eventually I'll get it there right now. Right now, this been kind of taking up a lot of my free time. Sure. Yeah. I feel you there. Oh yeah. man. So it's a documentary on that kind of stuff though. Have you ever seen, um, it's about, it's about trappers in like Siberia. It's called like happy people or something like that, where it's about, uh, these trappers in Siberia, they make all their skis and their bows and everything out of these, uh, like big downed logs and that kind of stuff. And like wow. they down them, like see like years prior to make sure that they've got them like lined up in case one breaks or that kind of stuff, because they have these like outposts that they go out to in the middle of nowhere and, you know, they don't have guns to, you know, shoot bears and stuff that they yeah. encounter while they're trapping. It's pretty, it's pretty impressive. And they're still eating, right? The guys still, still eat. eat. Yeah. Still eat. It's something, man. man. It's something oh, else man. to watch. It's so, like the Mongolian guys are making them out of rib bones, bows yep. out of recurve bows out of rib bones. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty cool. What rib bones of like uh, ox? I guess like no, something big, you know, some buffalo sized animals, I guess. Yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, their primary thing over there is horses. Um, yeah. so like they, they've still got like step horses and stuff over there, but they've got those and they got like yaks and, and things like that. So, yeah, probably something along those lines. But man, we went that's a that's a good rabbit hole, though. That, that's, that's a hell that's of a, a rabbit, rabbit hole. hole. <laughs> it, <laughs> it, it, is, it is god awful, man. <laughs> so, Chris, go ahead. Sorry, no, 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 you're fine. I just it's funny because, uh, I think it's the dumbest thing of all time to go backwards, but there's something about, there's something about that, like kind of getting back into your roots and it's not the roots of one culture. Everybody started with bows and spears, yep. man. Like that's, that's a, what everybody. You know, I, would, I wish I could say that's what it was for me. You know, I just wanted to get back in touch with the primitive me. That's not it at all. For me, I was stationed at Redstone Arsenal, Alabama. I was teaching at the uh, the Army EOD school and the Hazardous Devices school for the FBI's out there at Redstone. And I was hunting out there, and I had walked about two miles back. I was carrying a PSC Carrera, a little short, like 34, 35-inch compound bow. And this is when Muzzy had come out with that uh, zero-effect rest. You guys remember that, or is that before your time? It was like, it was like one of the – it's like an original drop-down rest, and it had this big, giant hook on the backside of it that was basically connected to your string via string. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I was walking through and I got back there and a little twig and managed to get into my cam and pop my string off my cam. And then that just pissed me off to no end for some reason. And that made me think, man, I'm tired of all this gear. You know, I'm tired of all these pieces, parts and moving parts and started picking up a recurve and been doing that ever since. So it was, it wasn't about getting back in touch with primal Jerry. It was about getting rid of <laughs> sure. Yeah. You don't walk around without having to worry about something. You know, recurve. You can throw it out of your tree, and, and you're good. <laughs> he got rid of it all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It just it was just a better match for my clumsy personality, I guess. I feel you there, man. I've been there. Yeah. Battled a bow for two years. So, 
tell us uh tell us a little bit about um you know your history in the the military which thank you for your service by the way yes um, oh, and uh tell us tell us a little bit about what you do for a living now yeah so uh i, I joined the military when i first went in i was a tank mechanic I uh, went to Fort Knox, Kentucky for what they call advanced individual training, AIT. I did, went to Germany, did that for about two years and realized that, you know, there's probably no Bob's tank repair shops on the corner. So when I got out, <laughs> I need something that was a little more viable. And uh, we were out in Germany, a place called Graf, which is like a, a gunnery range out there for the U.S. military. And these EOD guys, explosive ordnance disposal guys came out and they were just talking about unexploded ordnance and it really intrigued me. So I uh, went over to those guys' shop and did a little uh, did a little test and ended up going to Nat Navy EOD school, and that's about a year and a half. Uh, and then I did that for the next 10 years in the Army. I was an EOD tech, so. Uh, and that's what I do. That's what I do now, too. So I got out of the military and explain, went to Explain for the people that don't know what an EOD tech is. So EOD tech is a, it's a bomb technician, explosive ordnance disposal. Uh, we're the guys that handle uh, not only uh, conventional, unconventional munitions items that you always hear about dud munitions that hit the ground and don't go off. We handle that kind of stuff. We also handle improvised explosive devices, uh, SIEDs, nuclear, chemical, biological weaponry. Uh, there's a wow. whole gauntlet of stuff that that uh, EOD guys manage. And every branch has their own EOD element, Army EOD is mostly ground ordnance, ground munitions, a lot of the IED work. Uh, Navy guys are mostly underwater guys. Um, Air Force guys are, uh, they, they do a lot of the air munitions and, and, and uh, uh, missiles, guided missiles, things like that. Um, so every branch has their own, but uh, uh, yeah. And then uh, as a civilian, I kind of did the same thing. I just did it for uh, government contracting. Uh, went all over the all over the world, really uh, going to different places and uh, cleaning up sites. Uh, the company I work for now, we do environmental restoration on my on my full time job, environmental restoration work. So we go to old bombing ranges and old uh, uh, former used defense sites and uh, do ordnance cleanup, explosives remediation, get explosives out of the dirt, get all the nasty crap out of the dirt that uh, we inadvertently left when uh, when the when the military closes up a base and walks away there's usually some nasty in the ground that has to be taken care of and that's one of the things that we do okay so have you had any oopses close calls anything like that in or out of the military still have all my fingers and toes uh (laughs) might have a concussion or two and might have been rattled been rattled a few times quite a few quite a few close calls uh uh yeah so so you, you tend to get complacent just like with anything else um, and you, 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 end up pushing the boundaries a little bit, you know, anytime you're working with explosives or, or ordnance, you have, you have, uh, 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 safe areas or safe zones, hazard fragmentation zones and things like that, that you have to deal with. And as the EOD guys, the handlers of the explosives, you kind of get a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a, a complex there. Um, and you get a little bit closer and sometimes you get a little too close and, stuff ends up in flying over your head and behind you. And, and you, you really, you kind of get hooked on that percussion of an explosion. So yeah, we push the limits a little bit sometimes, man. All right. Wow. Like a bunch wow. of knuckleheads, but that was a long time ago, man. That was my younger days. I'm much safer, much more, <laughs> much more conscious, much more conscious now. Imagine if we weren't all stupid when we were younger. 
It's, oh my it's like goodness. a thing. Well, if I was, if I wasn't, I never would have done that in the first place. Never would have yeah. gotten to the job. I guess that's true. That's a good point. Good, oh. good point. But man, these guys oh. now, the the new EOD guys, that they are so well equipped and so well trained. I mean, it's it's unbelievable some of the some of the equipment these guys have. And you know, we were I was old school back when I was uh when I was doing it. We had uh, we didn't have companies and battalions and squads like they do now. We had a group that we belonged to. And then we had these six man detachments that were kind of stationed all over the place. And uh, those six guys, you know, we'd end up like you'd have a six man EOD unit and we would get stationed with somebody like the 24th infantry and get sent overseas or something. So you got six guys that are trying to support an entire, you know, battalion, in some cases a brigade. Uh, so it was, it was was hairy back then, but, and we didn't have, we had great training at the time for what was available. Uh, but now, I mean, these units are just huge. It's a real, it's real part of the military. Now those guys are, uh, they're awesome bunch of guys. My hat's off to all of them now. If you're anything like us, you love running trail cameras. Recently, we started using the new R4G and R4K by Blackgate Hunting Products, and I've got to tell you guys, they are sweet. The R4G is the new cellular camera loaded with features such as the ability to send pictures and videos straight to your mobile device, free HD downloads for both pics and videos, near real-time in-app setting updates, and no-glow IR technology. The R4K is a scouting camera that boasts side motion sensors that help you capture crystal clear 32 megapixel photos and 4K videos in center frame. With a maximum SD capacity of 512 gigabytes, that's right, 512 gigabytes, you'll have plenty of room to hold all those 4K videos and high resolution pictures. Blackgate supports this podcast, so we are asking you to support them. When you go to buy cameras, use the promo code FUELED to receive 10% off your order. That's FUELED, F-U-E-L-E-D, at BlackgateHunting.com. Tell us a little bit about custom gear modifications, how you how you came to be, what what gave you the idea, and uh, you know all that hit hit us up with that. So I've I've always been a tinker. You know I've always liked to to take something and kind of make it my own or try to make it a little bit better for me, make it fit better for me. Um, I fell into saddle hunting probably actual saddle saddle hunting, not mobile hunting, probably four years ago. And I was, you know, and, and my son Jonathan would kept pushing me, Daddy. We got to check these things out. We got to check these things out. And we went the same route everybody else did. We went with the uh, sit and drag and a rock climbing harness, and you know, modded those up. And <laughs> then, I, then I then I started uh, uh, watching. Uh, I started following this. Uh, is it okay to say webpage here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Saddlehunter.com. I've really got kind of got wrapped up in that community because that that forum is a lot of DIY a lot of great ideas a lot of these great saddles that are out now are born off of that really that uh, com. oh yeah yeah a lot of great resources there but i started following those guys and 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 kind of gotten into the, the diy thing and then we started a started a little youtube page at east tennessee diy and we were doing a lot of builds and 
showing guys how to make saddles. I, sh I should probably go pull a lot of that stuff off now since I know now <laughs> what I didn't know then. There's probably some liability wrapped up into those videos I need to get, I need to get rid of. Uh, no, just really, you know, just had a, a good time with it. And, and again, Jonathan started, you know, kind of pushing me that we need to, maybe we need to, uh, you know, start a little business and do some of these little mods and stuff for folks. Cause we did have a lot of people coming to us and saying, you know, Hey, can you guys uh, mod this bag for me? Or can you, can you make this specific thing for me? And we started doing a little bit of it and they decided to go ahead and incorporate. And that's really, uh, that's really kind of our bread and butter, you know, set, we do make saddles. Uh, but I, I don't see us as really being a competition for the other saddle guys. We make very few, and that's not our game. I mean, that's we make them, and the saddles we make are awesome saddles. You guys have seen the videos, and the uh, uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, good uh, reviews out there. And we just kind of we just kind of hit the mark on on the saddles that we're putting out. Uh, but the accessories, the smalls, the mods, that's really kind of our what we really focus on. All right. Well, I got to respectfully disagree. I think you're probably going to compete. I don't, I don't know if you'll compete volume wise, yeah. but man, the Cobra, I don't even understand how you thought of that. Um, <laughs> when you see it, Rick, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it folds into itself. Like it's really tough to describe to somebody without showing them um, it expands and contracts by folding it basically. Yeah. And I, I, I saw it online and I thought, Oh, cool. You know, cool. A saddle. Right. He sent me one and I'm looking at this thing and I'm like, Holy shit, man, this thing's like four inches. Why? You know, it looks like a, uh, what'd you call it? A sit drag basically like, a strap, you know, yeah. you're carrying yeah. nothing. Yeah, and, almost like a utility belt. Yeah. And wow, seriously? Oh, it's crazy. Not to be that guy or anything, but <laughs> I I mean, I don't like to, you know, blow people's heads up or brown nose or anything like that. But I mean, I gotta call it like it is. And after getting into saddle hunting the last few years, I've tried a few and it's nice to have a saddle where you basically, and, and again, this is like really splitting hairs. I don't count ounces or anything like that, but when you have a saddle and you, you can wear it into the woods, I've never wear, worn a saddle into the woods because I hated it. They drive yeah. me bat crazy because I don't like anything loose or flapping and flopping and all that shit. So I just put them in my pack. Well, I wore that. I put that thing on. I thought, well, I, you know, I should wear it. You know, it's small enough. Hell I wore it. I never even unfolded it. I once sticked up the tree. I sat in it <laughs> at four inches wide. That You're the first man. You're the first man. To do it. <laughs> I sat in it that night that I had the first encounter with that good 10 pointer um, yeah. before all the freaking snow and ice hit. So, and then I sat in it like that again when I had the second encounter because the damn deer were moving so early, I didn't get a chance to unfold it and really play around. Here came the deer. And I thought, well, I don't want to, you know, I'm trying to kill a doe and I want to get footage and all that. So I don't want to spook anything. You know, I've got, it was Saturday and Sunday was the last day of the season. 
So if you spook something, you're pretty much done. So I stayed in it was totally fine. Um, And then I, I unfolded half of it. Basically I unfolded the bottom on Sunday when I took my father-in-law out and it, it gets more comfortable. So I don't know. I, I like it in my opinion. I mean, I know saddles are really like a preference based thing. Everybody has stuff they like and they They prefer and they're looking for. Yeah. But I just don't know. Like, I'm not saying there aren't saddles as good as that one, but I will go as far as to say, as I don't know if there's one better. Um, So we we appreciate that. It's, it's really with the saddles. It's really hard to be, of course, everybody says it's really hard to be innovative. It's a bunch of webbing that you're putting your ass into. Yeah. Every one of them is mm-hmm. the same thing for the most part. Yeah. You know, you have, yeah. you have the three basic types. You have the, the, the single panel, the double panel, and you have the expandable. Um, and we will never, we will never be volume competitors against your big boys. It just won't happen. We're never going to leave out of our shop. We're never going to go to a manufacturer. Everything will always be built right here. So we'll never be able to produce the volumes that those guys are able so to produce. And- can I ask why you wouldn't do that? Um, well, there's a few reasons. I don't know if you noticed, but our prices are, 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 are low. We have some very I low did. prices. That's because we don't have the manufacturing costs. Um, we, you know, we, we, we don't have the overhead that the bigger guys have and they have to be able to recoup that money. So nothing against the cost of the saddles these days, but doing it in house the way we are, uh, it just allows us to keep the price down and it allows us to be a lot more customizable. You know, somebody can give me a call and it happens every day and say, hey, can you take your sidewinder, get rid of the snake print, throw some black on there and make the mesh blue? Yeah, we can do that um, and not change the price of the saddle. You know, it's just it's just a, 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 I guess, a more intimate kind of experience, hopefully for the customers. And it's just something that's just how we prefer to do it. We're not looking, you know, we're not looking to make this a big, huge saddle company that is really covering a lot of ground. And those guys are awesome. I, I don't know if I can mention some of the big boys, but you can mention any of them. Yeah. You make it any yeah. of them yeah. you want. Tethered and, and, and latitude. Those guys are doing an awesome job providing saddles to the masses. And man, I, I don't know how they've managed to do it. People, people talk about outsourcing and, and, and having to go to manufacturers, but to meet the demand, that's what they have to do. Oh, I'm, glad, I'm glad they do it because that brings people into the game and you're going to get individuals that are like, man, I love this saddle, but I'd like for it to have this. So they can't go to tethered and get that because they go to a man, you know, it's manufactured. Mm-hmm. They could, but it's really difficult for a large company to make a on the fly change on a manufacturer's process or, or anything like that. We can do that really easy in house. Yeah. That's why it'll yeah. always stay this size. That's what we want to do. We're custom gear modification and if we're spitting out the same thing over and over, then we're not really being custom, you know? Okay. Well, I got to think, I got to think that it's a lot like, um, so you remember when we talked to Josh house, Chris, about what reason why he only has one restaurant. He has, he has one restaurant that does one thing. And then he has another restaurant that does another thing is when you start getting to more than one restaurant doing the same thing, you start losing some of that because quality may go down or so many other variables kind of come into it when it's just you doing it and you get to control kind of the creative process with it, you get to make the modifications the way that you want to, or what your customers are asking you to, you know, on the fly a lot easier. And like you said, 
tethered's great latitude's great for getting saddles out there to everybody who wants one but it it's kind of like if i want something more specific to fit my needs as a hunter like your company solves that problem so much better because like you said people can call call you up and say hey hey can you do this yeah sure i can yeah. do that i mean within reason obviously but you know that that is that is such a a big part of why your company is so great. Yeah, we appreciate that. That's, that's exactly what we're going for. You know, as long we don't, we won't modify our chassis, you know, our chassis is what all of our testing is based on. Our chassis is what is, is your load bearing. Uh, and we'll, we won't compromise materials. You know, we use all very compliant materials. And if you don't know what that means, very compliant is basically a, uh, uh, Materials that are either U.S. made or 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 U.S. Uh, um, sanctioned, I guess, is is the best word for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the majority of the materials we use are U.S. made materials. Sometimes you just can't. Sometimes you can't find it. Uh, a good example of that are the the, the Austin Alpine buckles. You know, those are made in Canada. Everybody uses them. Anybody that uses a frame buckle is using the Austin Alpine because they're Austria Alpine because they're awesome buckles. Um, so, you know, we, we, we reach out for stuff like that. And, and some of the, uh, smaller hardware is just not being produced or not available from us companies. So sometimes you have to reach out and, and pick it up where you can get it. Uh, but all of our webbing, all of our mesh is all us made and, uh, us tested. Um, so yeah, we, we, we like that and we'll always be able to, to stick with that hopefully, or we won't make saddles. I mean, we're fine with that too. If it gets to a point where we can't meet our own criteria, we'll just stop making them. Right. Man, I, I got to say, you kind of took me down a memory lane there talking about like tethered and latitude with trying to meet the demands. I remember. Oh. So, so I got into all this stuff because Sean Walters, like it's his fault. Um, he, we had, we had started that group and he comes and he's like, Hey, I got something I want to show you. And I I don't know this guy, right? I have no idea who he is. He's like, I've got this product. I'd, I'd like you to use it, play around with it, you know, post about it, whatever. So I'm like, okay, cool. Didn't think much of it, whatever. And he, he comes over and he brings those uh, steps, ring of steps and all that. And I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah. And he's talking about saddle hunters and saddle hunters. And I'm like, what in the hell are you talking about? you know, what do you mean? And he's like, Oh dude, these are really big. You know, they're, they're wanting to do minimalist and you know, all that. And I'm like, cool, man, <laughs> you know, whatever floats your boat. Yeah. So I didn't use them for a while. And then I, I got into them and um, it's, 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 you know, steps aren't my preferred method to go up a tree, but they're, you know, they're another tool in the arsenal, yeah. uh, especially if a guy's looking to just be uber minimalistic even though now i mean with like one sticking and srt and just all this information you know i mean what is the most minimalistic at the time i felt like that was it and now you know is it um but with that said um i remember when tethered kind of started and like dude you you'd wait six months for a damn saddle like you oh, yeah. wait for and, and you still do sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And, and now, you know, I, I, 
relate you guys a lot to taxidermists. Like no matter how many taxidermists there are, there's plenty of work for every single taxidermist. You, you got it, man. And, it's, it's a fact. And now like every single person I know that's making saddles, they, they ain't got like a bunch of free time where they're like, yeah, we haven't had orders in a while. Uh, you'll no. never hear that. <laughs> yeah. We actually, we actually have to, we have to turn it off. You know, we, we know what our, what our uh, capacity is um, and we have to turn it off on the webpage. You know, you have so many people getting into it and you know, who gets the credit for that is tethered latitude. These big guys, yeah. you know, tethered's yeah. running all over the country. They're doing their teach and learns. Um, and that's awesome for the smaller guys. And it's awesome for them. Uh, just people are just coming into the sport, just, you know, just in drones, man. They're just, they're just crowding in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, we live in a really cool time right now where, um, and I hate to even be this guy and it's impossible not to with the expo and everything, but I am so in love with all this gear coming out because it, it just gets better. Um, yeah, and, and yeah. I used to be one of the people that's like saddle hunting, stupid. That's a fad, yeah. you know, it's <laughs> dumb. It's not comfortable. Yeah. They're just a bunch of rum dums. Yeah. And, uh, this past year, um, I was hunting Kentucky and I just did not feel like carrying a stand and four sticks up the mountain. Well, to yeah. be honest, where, where you were at, like <laughs> you and I both know there's not a tree you're going to put a stand in. No, like it, 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 it's one of those things. And like uh, Kentucky's notorious for this in a lot, in a lot of their public land areas, unless you're hunting Daniel Boone, that's old growth in a lot of ways. Like, yeah. th- like they're all small trees. Like you're not getting up there and putting a climber in there. Like the traditional guy, you know, would have 10 years ago. And you're certainly not hauling a climber back as far as, as you were going, no, um, yeah. you know, no. a saddle, makes ultimate sense in a lot of those areas and you know besides being minimalist it just is the right tool for the job it's like if i'm going to work on an engine i'm not going to use a hammer yeah that's right for 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 me for me a lot of it's about laziness (laughs) (laughs) i'm I'm gonna tell you there you're you're and a lot of people would get mad at me about this. And I'm a, I'm a saddle guy and we make saddles and we make a lot of the accessories for saddle hunting. The easiest way to climb a tree is a climber. You know, I mean, it, it is, you, you hop in a climber, you move your arms up, you move your legs up and you're up the tree. Um, it's just, you know, it's just not convenient and it's a lot to carry the way we hunt uh, me specifically is I canoe, you know, a lot of my areas are water access. The majority okay. of my public land. You're going to love our video. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of, I hunt a lot of TVA property, a lot of little sloughs. Um, but li- I, I'll get out of the canoe. I'll walk 50, 50 or 60 yards. These are little small tracts of land. All this TVA property. It's not uncommon to hunt a three acre, five acre, 10 acre little chunk of land where you get out of the canoe, you walk 50 feet, you find a tree and you climb up. Um, so it's not, it's not about having to walk long distance for me. It's, it's about, I don't want to carry as much crap around, you know, so it's about laziness and, um, you know, over, over, the, over the past two years, I've been using this two tether climbing process and love it. I mean, I, at first it stuck because there was a learning curve, but I'll carry nothing else. I carry a two, I carry my, my, either my rappel rope or my main tether and I carry a foot loop, a foot tether. 
And that's how I get up any tree. It doesn't matter how many branches it is. It doesn't matter how high I'm going, how low I'm going. I just use that and a ring of steps. I mean, I can fit, you know, five pounds of gear is, is what I'm carrying in the woods into a fanny pack. Wow. And, wow. and, and it's, for me, it's, it's about, I'm lazy. I don't want to carry a stand all the way back there <laughs> well, and I don't want to have to dig it around. And you know. yeah, it's nice not to have to put that in the kayak. I did water <laughs> access for the first time this year. That's how I killed my buck on public yeah. had never killed a public land, Ohio buck and uh, took one. And, you know, it's really cool. Cause that adds to the adventure, but I noticed earlier in the year I was using the beast stand. And it's a super nice stand. Won't take anything yeah. away from it. Well, when you go from a beast stand and four sticks, even though, well, sorry, not four. I never took four, <laughs> two sticks. Cause I did See, two sticks two, with right? ears. Yeah. Cause you had the other two. I so, the other two. <laughs> um, but I, when I started doing the one sticking thing, when I stuck my pack in the, the kayak, I'm like, Ooh, all right. You know, that fits yeah. a lot better. That doesn't worry me as much. So, um, it's, it's super nice. I want to see you do the, the two tethered climbing when you come up to the expo. I'd like to see. I'm I'm wearing my boots. I'm wearing my boots this year, just for that reason. Awesome. What boots you got? (laughs) Uh, they're the lacrosse, uh, rubber boots. That's what I use for everything. You climb in rubber boots. Oh man. They're awesome. 17 inch lacrosse rubber boots. Nice. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're thick sold though. So Ring of Steps is great with them. And but we okay. you know talking about canoes, I've got a, a 17 foot old Sears aluminum, you know, beast of a canoe. And I've got pictures <laughs> of me and me and Jonathan, and we're both fairly large, large people. You know, we're not petite in it by any means. And we're in that canoe, and we've got two. This was back when the Lone Wolf Alpha hand climber had just come out, like one of the original versions of it. Uh-huh. Um, not the flip up seat or anything like that. You got two of those in there in our packs, and that damn canoe's full. I don't know where we would have put a deer. The canoe is just packed full of gear, uh, <laughs> you know, from everything that we were carrying in. It's amazing to look back then and think about what we're carrying now. It's kind of crazy. Oh, dude. I remember, so when we first started the group, my buddy, I had just got him into hunting, and he was hunting a local uh, WMA, and I used to laugh at him. I'm like, what are you doing with all those crazy idiots on the public land? Like we've got private farms. Are you stupid? Like, come on. And uh, he's like, dude, there's, there's deer and turkeys. And I'm like, yeah, okay. You know, I never hunted public land. And uh, I thought what everybody else thinks and should continue to think that you're going to get shot. (laughs) Um, You will get shot if you go on public land. Um, you know, there's no animals. They're all running for their life and all that. And it's, it's really not the truth. And uh, so I got into it and I remember carrying my summit climber two and a half miles deep. Oh. And, and dude, when I came back out, man, my shoulders and like my traps and neck, everything's just sore. And, and, yeah, you know, it's not like I was dying or anything. You're just getting a good workout. And I felt amazing. I had runners high after that hike but um a lot nicer carrying a saddle and one stick it, re- it really it really is yeah and uh I, I guess what got me on that tangent was we, you know we we're talking about you know it's hard to be innovative with saddles so a lot of what we do is we do a lot of looking in the forums and seeing what people are talking about and 
you know, some of the three biggest complaints we heard saddle, you know, saddle industry wide was, uh, you know, comfort. And that's subjective. You know, our saddles are not going to be good for everybody. We realize that. Um, uh, packability and carrying, you know, a lot of guys are talking about, you know, the, 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 some of the other expandables, they tend to open up when you're walking in and they're flapping around. That was one of the key features or key complaints that we focused in on. Um, and then uh, adjustability, you know, being able to really micro tune a saddle to fit yourself, to fit, you know, whoever it is that, that, that's trying to get it to fit. Um, and that's kind of what we focused in on with the, with, with the Cobra. And that's on feedback that we saw on, on other saddles and our own saddle, our own sidewinder. Uh, it wasn't perfect for everybody. And it's not going to be. Um, so that's where uh, that pleat design on the Cobra came from was we wanted, we wanted something that was stiff. So that, that pleat takes nine pounds of pull to open up. It's kind of a pain in the ass to open up, to be honest, but that's, that's by design. We don't want it flopping open when you're climbing. We don't want it flopping open when you're walking in. Um, that, that saddle actually goes from a four inch profile to a 24 inch profile. So it has <laughs> wow, about, wow. it has about four different, uh, uh, expanding functions. You know, you can hook it up to wear in as, like I said, a utility belt up high around your waist. Uh, there's a little G hook on the back. You release that and it opens up to a basic, uh, uh size of the sidewinder, you know, a basic, uh, uh, single panel. And then the way we did the pleat was we have two pieces of two inch webbing laid over top of a piece of four inch webbing. So when you unfold that and all of them kind of come out, that's uh, about six inches of pleat alone. Um, <clears throat> so there's a lot of expandability. Uh, we also noticed that um, the majority of the expandable saddles out there, they tend to, when, when, when they come to the end of the, of the panel itself, right behind the bridge loops, they come to kind of a connection point. And that, and, and that was necessary at the time because that's, that's the way it needed to be done. So your pleat was more diamond-shaped. Uh, it started big in the middle, and it went to the ends and uh, kind of terminated at a sewn juncture there. And what we did with the Cobra is we made that adjustable. So that side, the, 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 the sides of the panel behind your bridge loops are actually, they, they expand the full length of the, uh, of the pleat. And you can adjust that. You have two little adjustment straps there with ladder. Just wanted to take a second to tell you about all our other content. If you're on Facebook, head on over to the Fueled by the Outdoors Facebook page. We currently have over 18,000 members of people who love the outdoors, from the mobile hunter all the way to the hiking enthusiast. Come interact and talk all things outdoors with a robust community of people. Fan of product reviews, fishing, hunting videos? Go check out the Fueled by the Outdoors YouTube channel. If there's any topic or content you would like for us to cover, just send us a message. And if you like what you're seeing and hearing, then hit that join or subscribe button. We hope all our content fuels your passion for the outdoors. So, anywho, uh, you know, with with all those, what what would you say the craziest request is for a gear mod? Uh, let me see can't be my back loop on the saddle for a safety harness connection no 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 that's up there but that's not it 
Um, man, that's that's really hard to say because the even the silliest ones make sense to me. You know, I can kind of understand what the guy's thinking, like the loop on the back on the back yeah. of the saddle. I understand. I understand the need for that. Uh, let me see. Um, so I had I had one customer call me up, and he he literally wanted seatbelt webbing, the, the same seatbelt webbing uh, that the saddles are made out of, but he wanted it in one inch. And he was pretty adamant about me taking our two-inch webbing and slicing it down the middle uh, and basically making a making oh a gosh. saddle out of it. Yeah. Of course we of course we didn't do that. Uh, but that's that's probably that's probably <laughs> the oddest one I've I've seen come across. I don't even know why you'd choose that. Wouldn't that compromise the integrity of the strap? Oh yeah. Especially yeah, okay. that yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, especially that thinking. angle. It sure, it sure would. Yeah, so that's probably the craziest thing I've said I've seen. But I've seen a lot of guys with really great ideas that are very specific to their to their hunt need. Had a guy call today, and he wants me to take a heater bodysuit um, and basically uh, open the legs up and connect them together in the front and the back, so it's more like a parka uh, with a full zipper going down the side put some saddle, put some loops in it so he can get his bridge into it. And he wants to be able to zip it at the bottom instead of just a leg so that he can climb in it. He wants to roll it up like a parka, climb up the tree in it. Um, Cause you can't put a heater bodysuit on in a saddle oh. while you're climbing. No. Uh, and that would wow. allow him to, be able to put it on. It's actually a really, really good idea. We're going to do it for him. Uh, so that's one of the unique things I've seen. I need to yeah, see pics of that thing. That sounds like a pretty good I idea. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Man. I know it. And then a guy called us up and some of the simple things are uh, like our, like our back band, you know, guys said, Hey, you ever thought about using your back band to carry shit with? I thought, man, that's an awesome idea. So what we did was we took our, our back band and we added two Canadian buttons to the, to the strap that connects over the carabiner on our back band. And now every one of our back bands comes with those two buttons and a 550 cord prusik. So you can connect that Prusik up to any gear you're carrying, connect it to that Canadian button, throw the back band over your shoulder and carry it in there. You know, we, call, we actually call it, we get, nice. I get, a, I have a lot of fun with the names of some of, some of our stuff. You know, we have the where to go pack. Uh, this thing we call the Jack hat. It's the Jack hat mod because the guy that, uh, that suggested it, uh, Jacob Hatfield. And so, <laughs> nice. so it's a Jack hat mod, you know, <laughs> and we have a, we like to have fun with the names of some of the stuff we come up with. I like it. So, wow. Uh, how yeah. somebody thinks of that, I don't know. But that I know. that's a damn but good it's idea. That, it's that kind of thinking that really, you know, kind of sprung a lot of our equipment. You know, the, the roll pouch, awesome piece of gear. Uh, a lot of guys love the roll pouch. Tether roll pouch is an awesome piece of equipment. Uh, Cody Bettig over at Apex. He makes an awesome little roll pouch. For me, a roll pouch was a little too cumbersome. I'm a fat guy reaching both hands over to my right or left side to be able to undo that, redo it, strap it up. Was For me, was was complicated. So that led to us coming up with the dropout bag. Well, what if you had a roll pouch that didn't unroll? You just shove all the rope into the top. You open up the bottom. It all drops out of the bottom. And you rinse and repeat when you get done climbing. That's where the dropout bag came from. Um, so that I was know, literally going to ask you that, what was yeah. your favorite method to pack your rappel line? And so yeah, drop it's, out. It's definitely the dropout bag. Uh, we have a couple different versions of it because 
we kind of came out with that when when one staking was starting to peak. Um, so we came up with V1, the version one, you know, it hangs, the damn thing's about 17 inches long and you connect it to your saddle and it hangs down to your leg. And uh, um, it was hitting people on the side of the leg, you know, Spencer over at Saddle Hunter YouTube channel did a, uh, did a review on it. And that was one of the things that he had talked about. Um, so we added a leg strap to it, but some guys were wanting to be able to mount that vertically. So that you can just turn it sideways, you know, and what's odd about that is one of the main reasons we came out with it because a roll pouch takes up a lot of saddle real estate. You know, it'll take up four or five uh, uh, molly loops and ours hung horizontally, no, hung vertically, I'm sorry, and took up less room, but it's smack in a leg. So people wanted to be able to hang it horizontally. We adjusted it, made it so you can hang it horizontally, and we put straps on it so you can actually mount your one stick to the bag. So as you're climbing, you take your one stick off, you put it on, you pull your rope out of the bag, you climb. When you get up there, you have an empty bag. You can use it as a knee pad. You can use it as uh, uh, hand muffs. That's one of the things we're coming out with this year. We're actually going to start on some of our V2s, lining them with fleece or Sherpa, so that once you get into the tree, you can take that, put your hands in it, warm your hands up, um, make some, keep things kind of That's a little more versatile, you know? But yeah, so that came from us playing around with some of the different methods for carrying rope. Uh, so we came out with the uh, Doyle with a gear hoist pack, which is just a little mesh pocket because one guys were having a hard time with their gear hoist, mainly the Doyles, um, clipping or coming off, coming unclipped from their saddle. So we had this little bag with a little grommet in the bottom uh, uh, for, for folks to put their Doyles in and run the rope through. So, so the majority of our gear came from mods to either other gear or, or just, you know, kind of some new ideas uh, based on some of the uh, older, some of the older ideas, you know, it's, it's, it's real hard to be super innovative. The, the 3d printing guys, they're kind of in the market right now because oh, they can dude. really come out with some innovative, mm -hmm. cool stuff. Uh, when you're sewing up a bunch of wedding and cloth, it's, 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 you know, you, you, you do your best to kind of meet the need and to, to kind of look forward and see what people are doing and, and make adjustments and adjust fire, as we always say. And that's pretty much what we do. But I've been really impressed with what the 3D guys are doing these days. The stuff they come out with. Oh, old, I know it. Oh, Skelly. We're, yeah. we're working on a project oh, it, with uh, him yeah, innovating the right outdoors. now, actually. And yeah. He, I, I would assume they're all just engineers. Like they have yeah, that mind. I know. Like I know. It's, he, am, it's amazing. So I, so I worked with him and also worked with, uh, with the, uh, Austin, with the Genesis Austin. guys. Yeah. yeah. With the Genesis guys. And we, we've got this new, uh, uh, mobile hunter gear, uh, kit. And basically what it is, it's, uh, it's a, uh, uh, Zingit line that is about 40 feet long. The last seven feet of it is daisy chain. So you connect up to it, you climb the tree, you wrap it around the tree. It's your gear hanger. Uh, then you pull your bow up with the other end, put it in a little bag, you leave it hang there. When you come down, you take it off, put everything on the ground, connect it up to your pool, to your rappel rope, pull it down. Um, it also includes uh, everything you need for a 450 pound game uh, gambrel, basically a hoist in the field. So you, wow. it's all in the same wow. kit that weighs 6.8 ounces, fits in a little bag. But we reached out to uh, we re reached out to Innovating Outdoors and, and Genesis and, and and 
both those guys made us up some hooks based on a stupid drawing I gave. And you wouldn't believe how c- comparable these guys are. They're all thinking the same way. Hang on for a second, guys. My battery's going to die. I want to make sure I'm connected up there. I just went through that myself. Yeah, just, based on, just based on that picture, they produced quickly, really, some awesome little hooks that we're going to be including in those kits and probably uh, going to work with them to, to get a bunch more of them so that we can kind of put these out as an individual item because it's basically a, a hook that you connect to a gear tie and you can you can put it anywhere, including the gear strap. But if you prefer to have your bow, if you got a convenient branch, hang it right on there, hang your bow on it. Um, yeah, those guys are, it's just amazing what those 3D printer and those guys' ability to, to picture what you're, what mm-hmm. you're stupidly trying to tell them. Literally that, that right makes there. It actually happen. I'm like, oh, duh. Yeah, yeah. well, I <laughs> want <laughs> this. And he's like, I oh, want it, so, I uh, want it bendy. here's my calculation and, uh, yeah. the algorithm for what we'll do. And I'm like, yeah, how the hell? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're they're awesome <laughs> at what they do. All both those guys. Oh yeah. Um, well, dude, I gotta say, man, I'm pretty jacked to have you guys out at the expo this year. Um, thankful that you were part of it last year. It was kind of funny because that was through Kyle Skelly with uh, yeah. innovating the outdoors. He told me, I was like, custom gear modification, like, and and it's funny. Because now I'll probably establish relationships with other people that, again, never heard the name or anything. And, yeah. um, you well, know, we'd it, only been around two months. Yeah. When that happened, you know, we were two months into it. I, I, I didn't know. I didn't know anything. Didn't know any of the faces. So I didn't do a very good job of going around and introducing myself. So I'm looking forward to this year. We're going to have to up our game, maybe get a better banner and not show up with a bunch of plastic tables this time. I don't know what to see how it goes. Well, you probably still have the plastic tables unless you want to bring something your own. You can, uh, yeah. <laughs> but with that said, um, this year is going to be, uh, one for the books. I'll say that, um, going to be a lot of good opportunities for, for fellowship, you know, to be able to go around and just yeah. shoot the bull with everybody. Uh, we're going to have, yeah. I don't know what we're going to call it, but Friday night, you know, I've been calling it VIP night but it's not VIP night. It's like camp night or whatever. I, yeah. I don't want to sound like pretentious or whatever um, snooty, but essentially people will pay X for, you know, a ticket and they'll have first shot to come talk to all you guys and shop and test gear and yeah. all that. And uh, I would imagine a lot of the media people will want to do that. So they don't have 80 trillion people in the background of their videos, but uh, they'll also get to share a campfire with our guest speakers and, dinner and a couple beers and all that. So, um, that's going to be a really cool time to be able to get together with everybody and not have to, you know, nobody's really under pressure to entertain or, you know, cater to the masses. Essentially. I remember last year, um, you know, we only had a couple hundred people show up. (laughs) Um, obviously, well, well, I mean, that was, that was, yeah. On three weeks yeah, notice, that was, by the that way. That was when we put, to, put it together. <laughs> yourself short. We put it together in three weeks and then uh, promoted it for like 10 days online. And so I'm proud of it. But um, I can't believe that we had, you know, I think it was just shy of 200 people. And yeah. um, I, I didn't have a voice that day. I yeah. never 
I never stopped. The only time I stopped moving basically was to watch Paul Helms do his one sticking demo outside and then shoot on the, t- his on the telephone pole. Yes. On the <laughs> telephone. Pole. Yeah. The shaky, shaky telephone yeah. pole. Um, yeah. But I just, I couldn't imagine, you know, what if a thousand people would have showed like we'd had to tell people like, I'm sorry, but you have to wait. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, we were pretty much, <laughs> we're pretty much at like what I would call not max capacity, but max comfort capacity yeah. for quite a while that day. I was, mm-hmm. I was pretty humbled by that, but this year we're going to have a lot of opportunities to, uh, you know, just really get together and talk and, um, play around with mobile stuff. That was one thing I missed out on last year that I didn't get to do. Um, and I want to play with the toys just as much as everybody else. I tell tell you what, I I tell you what I liked (laughs) about last year. And I hope you guys are able to incorporate it this year. It will be having is having that, uh, kind of a communal climbing pole where just every saddle hanging on there. I got to try out a lot of the saddles that I've been wanting to try out. They're awesome. Yeah, I thought that was a great way to, to do that. You don't have your individual – you have your individual booths with their own little poles at the big ones. I like the way that whole thing was communal. You have a bunch of guys talking about the saddles, and that was just an awesome way to do it. It was uh, – thank you. That was so neat to watch because yeah. people and, – and that's the whole point, right? Like people are walking around like, what in the hell is on that tree stand talking about Katoya's yeah. <laughs> yeah. PSH mm-hmm. and – um, you know, they're like, oh, you know, we had, uh, I think we had the lone wolf custom gear pocket arm with a phone on it and yeah. everybody's asking about that. And, uh, just all these different pieces of gear. And then, you know, of course people trying them out and all that, yeah. and it, it, it allowed for a lot of good, um, uh, I guess, you know, fellowship or whatever you want to call it. I mean, people stand around talking about everything and it's just, that's my favorite part. I'm a talker, yeah. clearly. And, uh, you know, do, do me a favor this year. Don't put me beside the dryad kid. How can you, how can you compete with the cool factor that, that dryad saddle? Well, I you know? don't know that you'll have to worry about that. I don't, I don't think he's coming this year. Oh, that's um, a shame, man. Yeah. What an awesome concept yeah. that guy's put together. And yeah. Yeah. He really, really could definitely has its place, you know, but it's got, it definitely has a cool factor to it that uh, a traditional saddle doesn't. So yeah. it's hard to sit beside, man. It really is hard to sit beside. <laughs> you know, it's funny because you both are, you know, at the time were pretty darn new. Yeah. And that's right. uh his his um his saddle really, really took off. And uh we've got a guy on on our team, Cam, that uh uses it and loves it. And yeah, I think he just took a couple sits to really get used to it. And yeah. um yeah, it yeah. It's, 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 it's great to augment, you know, again, these are, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm an open book and, uh, you know, saddles are hard to sit in all day. They, any saddle is hard to sit in all day. You're going sure. to get fish. That thing really does take the edge off. I've got one right back behind me here. Um, it really does take the edge off of an all day sit. I mean, you can get comfortable enough to sit all day, but adding that to a saddle actually does really you know, it makes it a little more bearable for a full day sit. Sure. Yeah. I could see yeah. where it would kind yeah. of keep the elements off you a little bit as well. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> yeah. Awesome. 
Well, Rick, what else you got on your list there, leader? Fearless leader. We covered it. All right. <laughs> we, we covered it. He, 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 uh, he took the words <laughs> out of my mouth about components yeah. and everything like that. So it's, it's been great, Jerry. I've, I've really enjoyed this. Like I, I don't saddle hunt yet. Yet. Chris is, Chris is like poking me with a stick to get yeah. me into this. I'll so I'm still, him. I really just picked up. Yeah. I, I just, I just picked up mobile hunting this past year um, with a hang and hunt and okay. that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm pretty, I've always used climbers and yeah. that kind of well, stuff. Well, there's some, so. there's some awesome mobile I'm, hunting uh, gear out there now too. I can't oh, believe this stuff yes, that Lone Wolf's coming yes, out with. It's crazy. It's insane, dude. It is. It's, it's yeah. nuts. It's nuts. But I can't wait. I can't wait to like try all this stuff and like get my feet yeah. wet with it too. So I appreciate you sitting no, down I appreciate and talking you guys with us tonight about awesome. everything. Regarding this, it, this is this yeah. is fantastic. Um, so. any any closing thoughts? Uh, no, nothing for me. You guys, you know, be sure to go check the web page out and yeah, give plug us a your the, plug your yeah, website, your website. YouTube channel, everything. We're at customgearmodifications.com. YouTube is East Tennessee DIY. We haven't been doing a lot with that, but this year we're planning on uh, picking that back up. Um, yeah, you guys reach out to us. If there's something you've got in your head, if you want to try it out, we are more than more than happy to uh, to work with you on it and see what we can get put together for sure. All right. Um, Good deal. We'll make sure that's all in the liner notes too. So, be, so if you're listening to this, just click on uh, – Click on the podcast thing, and it'll be in the liner notes, and you'll have a link directly. And to Rick, do me a favor for our listeners that don't know: describe what a podcast thing is. <laughs> podcast Click thing? on the podcast thing. Oh, 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 oh. when? So if you, <laughs> I got to be more specific. Um, I'm not You're being not clear being enough, clear Chris. Enough. Um, <laughs> uh, when you click on the podcast, it usually brings up like a uh, hit play or like a thing. Uh, below where there's some words, click on where the words are and it'll drop, give you a drop down menu and it'll tell you what's in this episode uh, as, as well as uh, information regarding how to get to customgearmodifications.com as well as our sponsors for the episode too. Awesome. Well, uh, I guess closing thought for me, I got two, one, I hope that each person all seven and a half people listening to this, this upcoming Sunday and Monday night <laughs> are celebrating a Bengals victory. You took it out of my mouth. That's man. what you get. Um, is, it still, you've taken, is it still baseball season? Is it still baseball season? <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what I don't watch. I don't watch baseball. I like, I love October baseball. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm guilty of not being a huge baseball fan. But with that being said, I hope we are celebrating a Bengals win and uh, um, you know, really, I just want to close with the, the expo first. Thank you obviously for coming on the show here and, and chatting with us. And uh, I want to let everybody know that custom gear modifications will be one of our many vendors at the mobile hunters expo, July 29th through 31 uh, here in Southern Ohio. Uh, we have a Facebook page devoted to that. If you want to check it out, it's the mobile hunters expo. So uh, with that, I'll leave Rick to close us out. Um, my closing thoughts, uh, since I haven't said it in a while, if you have the ability to take someone new in the outdoors, please do so. Um, it's fun and it gets people out doing new stuff. And this is the perfect time of 
year to start talking to family members or friends to get them out there and start doing stuff. Bring them to the Mobile Hunters Expo. Maybe they'll find something that they like there. Um, I hope the Bengals win on Sunday. Well, I hope when I hope when we're listening, when everyone's listening to this, um, you know, on Valentine's Day, you know, you and your sweetie can listen to this, and uh, you're celebrating a Bengals win. But other than that, I'm just I'm just excited that uh, that you know the circular season's coming back around again. So we've are we ended deer season, and we're heading into fishing oh. and turkey season. So I'm 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 super excited. So. Other than that, uh, this has been Fueled by the Outdoors. We've been your hosts, Rick Cates and Chris Leppert. And we've been joined tonight by Jerry from Custom Gear Modifications. Thanks again, guys. Uh, and we'll Thank talk you. to you later.